Hello, everyone. Welcome to God's Internet Church Podcast, episode number 17, season one. My name is Pastor Ron Weaver, and I am your host. And we're going to be looking at our Bible study through the book of Job, of Job chapter 19. And, but before we do that, we're going to go to a song. And praise the Lord to get us into the attitude of letting God come and speak to us through this word. Hallelujah. So we'll be right back after after this song. Yeah, 
Hallelujah. That's right. We need to make Jesus the center of it all in our lives, in our church, in our finances, in our personal relationships, and even our jobs. Oh, hallelujah. That is a beautiful, wonderful song. Well, we're going to start our Bible study of Job chapter 19. Again, my name is Pastor Ron Weaver. And I count it an honor and privilege to be here to share the Word of God the way God wants me to share it with you. And there's three things that popped out at me as I was studying this um, chapter. And that's what we're going to look at. But first we're going to go ahead and read the whole book of Job, chapter number 19. And it says, Then Job answered and said, how long will ye vax my soul, and break me in pieces with words? These ten times have ye reproached me. Ye are not ashamed that ye make your sin indeed that I err, my error remains with myself. I indeed ye be, will magnify yourself against me, and plead against me my reproach. Know now that God has overthrown me, and has comp compassed me in his net. Behold, I cry out of wrong, but I am not heard. I cry aloud, but there is no, no judgment. He has fenced up my ways, and I cannot pass. He has set darkness in my path. He has stripped me of my glory and taken the crown from my head. He has destroyed me every side, and I'm gone, and my hope that he removes like a tree. He has also kindred his wrath against me. He counsels me unto him as one of his enemies. His troops come together and rise up away against me, and encamps around about my tabernacle. But he has put my brethren far from me, and my acquaintance are verily estranged from me. My kinfolk have failed, and my fam familiar friends have forgotten me. 
They dwell in my house, and my maids count me for a stranger. I am an alien in their sights. I called my servants, and he gave me no answer. I entreat him with my with, with my mouth. My breath is strange to my wife. Though I entreat for my children's sake of my own body. Yea, young children despise me. I arose, and they speak against me. And all my inwards friends of horn me. And they, and they who I love are turned against me. My bone cleaves to my skin and my flesh, and I escape with the skin of my teeth. Have pity upon me, have pity upon me, O ye my friends, for the, for the hand of God has touched me. Why do ye persecute me as God, and not satisfy with my flesh? O oh, that my words were now written, Oh, that they were printed in a book. But they were graven with an iron pen and lead in the rock forever. For I know that my Redeemer liveth and that he shall stand at the last days upon earth. And though my, that my, after my skin worms destroyed this body, in all my flesh shall I see God, whom I shall see for myself. My eyes shall behold, and not another, though I reign be consumed with me. But ye should say with me him, seeing the root of the matter found in me. Be ye afraid of the sword. For wrath bringeth punishment, and the sword that ye may know there is a judgment. So here we have, we see Job being very, very, very bitter here. With his friends. And the first thought I, that popped out at me was in verse 3. So let's read verse 3 again. These ten times have ye reproached me. Ye are not ashamed that ye make yourselves strange to me. And be indeed that I have erred. My error remaineth with myself. Job is starting to see here and recognize that from all this talking and listening from them, his friends are becoming strangers to him and growing apart. In other words, there's hurt there. And when there's hurt, it destroys a relationship if you take things too far. And Job's friends, basically at this point, have took things too far for him. In his mind, these guys are not my friends, they're strangers. I don't know these guys. 
when I was up and everything was good, when I wasn't going through this trial, they were with me, they were laughing with me, they're my buddies, but now they were there doing the same things I were. But now that I'm in this kind of storm of life, they're against me saying, what have I done, what have I done secretly to sin? And it hurt Job pie to his core. Because us humans take things with God, take relationships very seriously. Some more than others, but they still are very seriously. And when we get hurt, it hurts us, cuts us to the core. And it's hard to trust the one that hurt us again. Let me tell you something, saints. On their thing here, on their behalf, I'm going to say they're only human. Okay? They're going by their human natures. But we can't do that, saints. We are a work in progress, all of us. But we can't do that. We got to start looking at people. No matter how they smell, no matter what kinds of sin we think they did, no matter if they drink, or no matter what. We got to accept them for who they are and help them the way we can. I was watching Jimmy Swagger, Sunlight Broadcasting Network, Sunday. And I was listening to Donnie Swagger preach. And he didn't exactly get into the point that he wanted to get into in the sermon. Because he wanted to share this testimony. And it took longer because God used it as the preaching that day than it was. And he's going to finish his sermon next week. And it was about a guy who basically, he, I think he lived like in the 1800s. And he got into alcohol, becoming a drunk. He got into smoking nicotine. And got stuck in that. And he he basically was uh, an orphan that, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? He's basically an orphan because his mother and dad died in some kind of accident. And he was shuffled from family member to family member when he was nine years old. And then when he got to be on his own, he learned... He bought this farm and he made it a great, through the week, he made it a great and handsome prod, prod, uh, commodity, this farm. Had milking cows and all kinds of stock. And he was doing good. He even had ranch hands and they would work Monday through Friday. And Saturday came, he was gone drinking. And then some days he didn't come back for a week, two, three weeks. The nicotine in his life was so bad, they said, that when before he started this farm, that started this farm, that the town that he was living in was, had a college there, and they wasn't allowed to smoke. The kids wasn't allowed to smoke or teachers in the school or on the ground. So they would go to the gate, have their cigarettes, put them out on the buds, and he would go and gather them and smoke them. That's how bad his addiction was for 
smoking, and he, I mean, and he will go on binges for his drinking. Then one day, <coughs> excuse me, I got a little cough today. Um, then one day, they got in their minds with the people he was drinking with to go down to this church and let all the horses go, kick the door in, and terrify the people. Well, he went down, he participated in letting the horses go by. But then they went in to go to kick the door, and he said, no, this is not right. And the, his friends left him. But he went in, and the first thing he saw was his future wife singing in the choir. This was a Methodist church. And he inquired of her to become his wife over and over and over. He started regular services. And she says, well, you don't even go to church. So he started regular services. He started courting her. But you'd smoke and drink. So he gave up the smoking and he gave up the drinking for a time. They got married and he was going to church. Then the drinking started again. And the smoking started again. And they had kids starting to come. And the addiction took him over. And he started losing everything. He lost a farm. He had to become an employee to the farm that he used to own. Now, I don't know how humbling that would be. But he also had this, and I'm not exactly sure what kind of illness he had, but they had to give him, I don't remember, but they had to give him strychnine to put in his veins to help him with this addiction that he had. And it would cause him to shake violently. Then they would have to give him another kind of medicine, which was morphine tablets. And then he would be high. So now he's not only an alcoholic, a nicotinaholic, he's also now a drug addict. And life went on, and life went on, and he lost everything. His wife basically went to church when he could. She could. But then, down the road, he had an experience in his bed, laying in the bed, recovering. And he had a big pain in his back, and he had... What was the disease he had? I can't remember. But anyways, it was like a burning sensation in his back, and it was so bad that the doctors looked at him and said, you're not going to make it. You're going to die. Well, the lady went to church, <clears throat> the wife, when she found time, and she was handed a packet to tell her husband to go here. You and your husband go to this place. Well, they didn't have money, and she knew that the one that bought the eggs from the farm from her, from her, their chickens, to help pay, keep the farm going that they lived on, the little farm. And basically, you know, 
told him to go and collect the money. She packed a shirt for him. There's only one clean shirt and some, you know, and some mentionables in a suitcase. You're going down to this place, and it was where a revival was at. And I don't remember the name of the lady preacher that he was going to see. But when he got there, he listened for the morning part of the service and the preaching. Second time, he got up there and guy went out for the break and went to the bushes and his sicknesses started acting up. So he took he he took a, a bottle out of alcohol and, and finished it and said, "That's the last time I'm going to be drinking you." So he threw it into the into the bushes. And then because of his, his sicknesses were acting up, he got the more he got the morphine tablets out, took it. He took the shot of cyanide for his condition, and he threw those in the bushes. Said, "This is the last time I'm going to touch you guys." Then he smoked his cigarette. Instead, he had one left. He smoked it off, and he threw that into the bushes and said, "That's the last time I'm going to smoke." He went through the afternoon service and he slept through most of the afternoon service and even during the break. The evening service came. He was awake. And he felt the call of going down. Going down there to be saved. And the lady prayed for him. He fell on the ground. He was down there for hours during this night service. Then finally she laid hands and prayed for him again. And the problem with his back was gone. The nicotine habit was gone. The drinking habit was gone. The drug habit was gone. Why? Because he totally submitted himself to God. He got home. His oldest kid heard what his what she was telling telling his wife. And the kid's like, just like I'm going to like these three friends. I've heard all this before. He's not going to change. They went out, ate dinner and everything. The next day, breakfast came. He was telling more of the kids. Kids were getting ready to go to school. And some of the kids had to stay home, work the farm, because he couldn't do it physically at that time. At that, before he was healed. Because, you know, his back was healed and he didn't have the shakes and anything anymore. God healed him. And he said, he told him to stop and sit down. He told him everything that happened today. Well, in that, that their time. Not today. They're in their time. And we don't know what the family legacy is now today either. Every single one of his kids became some working in the ministry. Okay. They go to the Methodist church. They find out what happened. They kick them out. They kicked them out of the church. So they started doing their own kind of things. They both got the baptism of the Holy Spirit and they both started doing meetings in their house. And then they <coughs> excuse me. And then they went on their kids went on and became became Christians. 
serving the Lord, and became some kind of involved in the church ministry too. All because of enough faith to go change his life. And he didn't even want to go on that trip, but God got a hold of him. But that's why we shouldn't judge people and count them out. Because they can change. But in Job's case here, he didn't do nothing wrong, but his friends wanted to tell him that he did. But let me tell you something, saints. He didn't. And that hurt the relationship. And it hurt it so bad that I fear that it couldn't be recovered. I'm sure Job could forgive them. But forgiving them and actually having a relationship with any, them anymore, they don't really have to. And I bet that relationship, we'll find out, was done with. Because he's basically done with them now. Then in verse 23 and 24, for the second thought here, it says, Oh, that my words were now written. Oh, let they be printed in a book that they were carven with an iron pin and lead, and lead in a rock forever. Job is willing for his words to be made into a <clears throat> permanent record. <clears throat> And is prepared to stand behind them. In other words, he's so confident, so confident in his case of what's going on. That he knows he's not a sinner. And he's, he's willing to go on that publicly. And permanently put it in a record. You know, and in the last chapter we had his friends telling him to shut up and listen. They needed to be quiet. And listen. Because to Job's point of view, he did nothing wrong. He did everything that was required of him, that God required of him. We know from the first chapter that Job lived right and shunned evil before God. And that's the way he lived. And he knew the way he lived. Let me tell you something, saints. No one else knows. Don't let no one discourage you. Don't let no one tell you that you are a sinner if you're not a sinner and you know you haven't sinned. I've had that happen in my life. And I'm not going to go into details about it, but I have it happened. Something was going on in my life, and the first thing they said to me, what did you do wrong? And this was a close individual in my life. Okay? And I said, I didn't do nothing wrong. Because at that time, I didn't. All right? Now, I'm not saying I'm perfect. We all sin to come short of the glory of God every day. And we're a work in progress. Okay? I'm willing to stand behind a permanent record saying that I live the best of my ability for serving God. Do I make mistakes? Yes, and I'm willing to say that too. But I always come and I ask God for forgiveness. Hallelujah. The third thought was verse 26, starting verse 26. And though after my skin worms destroyed this body, yet in my flesh I'll see 
God, whom I shall see for myself, my eyelids shall behold, another, and not another through the rains consumed with me. But ye should say, Why persecute we him, even the root of the matter found in me? Be ye afraid of the sword, and bright punishment, the sword that made known is their judgment. He's basically saying here, he expressed in his great faith and his integrity, and he believes his Redeemer is coming after him and counts himself numbered to be a re in the redeemed. You know, I really, I tried looking this up, and scholars, different points of view, say that he's before Moses. Some scholars say he's after Joseph, came after Joseph, Job did. But our theologians are arguing about it, and we really can't really place it. We have some scriptures that confirm both in Job. But he knew about his Redeemer, which is his, we know is our Lord Jesus Christ, that one day he's going to come and that he's going to make it to heaven. Oh, hallelujah. How Job, when he was sitting in Shell Hades at the time, when Jesus died and went down to Shell Hades to pick, to, to open up the key to, to the good people's side. And took them to heaven. How Job, seen his Redeemer, lived. How it came. And even though he had a, a bad end of it towards his life. But we find out more that he gets everything back. In three full. But it was worth it all when he saw Jesus come to Shell Hades and really open that door. Because obviously this is before Jesus' time. But he's counting on that Redeemer. And he's got that inkling now. Inkling now. Oh, hallelujah, saints. Hallelujah, saints. He's got that inkling now. Even before Jesus was born, that there's going to be a Redeemer coming to save him. Even if I'm dead in the grave. Oh, hallelujah, saints. That just shows you, saints, even though he's ready to die. Not, he hasn't cursed God yet. He's just ready to die because he don't want to deal with these friends anymore. He don't want to deal with this grief anymore. He's not suicidal, but he just wants God to take him. And then wait for that day where he can magnify him. Oh, hallelujah, saints. If he can do that, we can do that. No matter what's going on in our lives, saints. Trust the Lord. Trust your Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Trust where you are today. No matter what the problem is, trust him. And he will bring you through. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Speak, Lord. Hallelujah. Speak, Lord. Speak. We're listening, Lord. 
We're listening, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. My children, my children, if you know me as your Savior, you are saved. My children, if you ask Jesus into your heart, you are saved. My children, I live, you live for me, you're saved. Oh, hallelujah. You're dead to your sins. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, I thank God for that message. That was God. And if you don't understand and you're listening and you haven't experienced this, I am a Pentecostal preacher. I've been ordained through the Church of God, Pentecostal Church of God, and I'm a pastor there, one of their pastors. And also I pastor the online uh, community that I started group on Facebook called God's Internet Church and and plus other people listen to that's not in the group yet. But that is called the baptism of the Holy Spirit, giving me utterance to speak in another tongue. And God it's a gift. And and God it's God speaking to us through the Holy Spirit. And then he gave me the ability to interpret what I said. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. He's telling us if we're dead to our sins, we are saved. And that he said that if we serve him, we ask him into our hearts, we are saved. And I feel led here today. Our Redeemer is coming, saints. And I believe it's closer than what it was when Job said it. Job experienced it already. We haven't. Oh, hallelujah. He experienced when he was when the keys of death and hell came early Easter morning, letting him out of there and all those dead ones before Christ that lived good lives and followed God close as they can were released to heaven. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And there might be someone listening here today that maybe you don't know Jesus as your Savior. And since God is talking about this, I have feel re, I'd be remiss if I don't share this. If I said something here today, or God says something here today, through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that wants you to this Savior, hallelujah, to know that you're going to make it to heaven for sure. Say this prayer with me. Dear Heavenly Father, forgive me for all my sins. Clean me with your precious blood. I believe you are the Savior of the world. I ask you to come into my heart, Jesus, and help me live for you. And forgive me for my sins. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that, send a comment. Record a comment because there's a way to record a comment uh, on the site that you're listening. And send me a message because I'd like to pray for you. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. On that note, we'll be right back after these messages.
because that's the end of our Bible study. We'll be right back after these messages. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are certain tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spoopy, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make podcasts in one place. Mandatory call to action. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome back to God's Internet Church Podcast, chapter, I mean, episode number 17. We come to an end of our Bible broadcast, our podcast, and it's time to say goodbye for today. As you know, I'm your host, Pastor Ron Weaver. And I'm glad that you listening and be here with me today. I appreciate the ones listening. And I like to say, God bless you. Be safe, be kind, and love one another, especially in these times. And if you just accepted Jesus as your Savior, enjoy. I'm not saying it's going to be life be easier, but enjoy. And let us know. Drop us a line. Like I said, on the podcast, there's a way to, you're listening to, there's a way to send a message to me. Oh, hallelujah. On that note, i like to say God bless you and see you tomorrow for God's Internet Church Podcast, Episode 18. And we'll be studying the book of Job, Chapter 20. God bless you, everyone, and have a good day.